Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. That's the Advertising Show. is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. And today we uh, do nothing but hopefully uh, please you and uh, make you... Uh, feel good about the fact that you've chosen to spend some time with us here at the Advertising Show. We've got Patrick Meyer on the way a little bit later on in the hour. It's uh, ban the term. Ban the term. That's all I'm going to say about that, the marketing insider. Jeffrey Gittimer, it's all about who knows you. And that's a real important question as well. It's not uh, who you know, it's who knows you. And we'll have that uh, here momentarily as well. Bob Leo Deese out of uh, New York is our special guest. Uh, he is the president and CEO of the Association of National Advertisers, or as we said last week, the what did I say? The association, uh, the National Association of Advertisers, yeah, which, which is a totally different organization. Right. Well, right. or maybe know. it doesn't exist. I don't know. It probably does now, though. Yes, charter in uh, in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, and you know we were going to get uh, Fox Celebrity Boxing back, and I had called uh, <laughs> uh, Wally Snyder, CEO of American Ad Federation, and he was ready to uh, tee it up with uh, Bob, and then Fox dropped that program. So we're going to have to figure out. They some. dropped the program. I don't think they do celebrity boxing anymore. I think, but there's uh, there's uh, some kind of reality show in the works that yeah. I think uh, we could we could put those two together. It works for me. As uh, Bob said, as long as he gets the black trunks. It's, I don't know why that is. He just said he wants the black trunks. Not the thong, just he wants the trunks. Right? Well, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, but this past week they had a show on, I think it was ABC. It was a two-hour, I think it was a two-hour live show. It's called The One. Have you seen it? Mm -mm. It's pretty good. It's about people trying to break into the music business. And it was uh, it was well done, I hmm. thought. So it was kind of a cool show. Yeah, somebody told me about another uh, reality show having to do with rock and roll the other day, and I don't know how I missed it. It's on primetime right now, and hmm. uh, rock something. It's about a rock Oh, yeah, I've seen that, too. I've, I've seen the promo sports. I think it's also ABC, I, I think. Is but, it? Uh, yeah. They're doing something right. What do you have, what do you have there? Well, you know, uh, booze is a topic we cover a lot here, and Heineken's up for that, grabs. Yeah. I think most people know about that. But this is an interesting study. Uh, alcohol ads. Do, do not lead kids to liquor and beer. Now, you know, to me, is, that a, is that a newsflash <laughs> or what? Apparently, uh, John Nelson, a professor at Penn State, makes this case in the July issue of the Journal of Contemporary Economic Policy. He and other researchers, Ray, said in, uh, that uh, they investigated ads published in 28 magazines from okay. 01 to 03 and found that few teens were actually reading them. That was the first cue. Okay. Uh, and, of course, if you are a teenager and you're boozing, why would you be reading a magazine anyway, right? Right. So right, the, the right. professor argues that the alcohol industry isn't violating the Distilled Spirits Council recommendation, which is all self-management uh, self on behalf of the industry, sure. to not place ads in uh, publications that reach at least 30% uh, of the audience being under 21. Hmm. Now, get this. The magazines that they looked at here, Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to mention the ones that I think are probably you know worth looking at. I'm going to mention ones like Better Homes and Garden. Okay. What ch what kids watch it reading that? Uh, none. And if he is, yeah. he's not a drinker. No. no. Uh, Time, Newsweek. Okay. He's an egghead. He's not drinking. Right. Right. Uh, Vogue. <laughs> Vogue. Okay. Yeah. That's... So so you know I don't know about this, right? 
doesn't and make I, a lot of sense. Popular right? mechanics, I'll give you that. You checked into that <laughs> one, and and and, uh, and the the ads didn't uh, influence them to booze, and that's a good. That's probably that's a fair. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. Isn't that silly? But of course, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, rock music, we mm-hmm. were talking about that before. Radio Shack is is hooking up with the Rolling Stones, and it's not cheap to hook up with the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Uh, they like lots of cash. Uh, amid a flurry of recent changes and in the executive suite, uh, struggling Radio Shack, which is a, I thought it was a pretty strong brand, looking to one of the most consistent brands in rock and roll <laughs> aging to uh, help strike the right chord during the uh, holiday selling season. So they're obviously already looking at that. Yeah. Uh, Mick Jagger and the other members will help launch the retailer's push into LCD television sales. Uh, let's see. Uh, Panasonic, LG, and Akai will appear in the 6,000 stores. Um, and uh, they'll also be uh, airing some high-def uh, footage from a past Rolling Stones show. So, so that's, that's a, good. That's a great deal. You know, uh, I heard that after the first of the year, they're going to have a scratched and dent sale, and they're going to have Keith Richards do the voiceover <laughs> since he had that accident. Recently. You mean they're it falling out of the in. palm tree? Yes, they're going to tie it all together. Relevancy in, in hiring celebrities, we wow. always say here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Radio Shack, $208 million in marketing last year. I like the Radio Shack campaign they uh-huh. did last year. As you might recall, they had people come in, sit down, and say what they want. Right. And leave. Right. Thought it was well done. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, they're up three point nine percent from the year prior. Uh, Arnold Worldwide out of Boston is their agency, by the way. Yeah. Well, we've had executives on from Arnold before, so good for them. Doing a good job. We've got uh, Jeffrey Ginnimer here on the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Ginnimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. You know, there's an old adage that goes, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. That old adage is wrong. It's both what you say and how you say it. But let me give you another adage. In sales, it's not who you know. In sales, it's who knows you. Authentic salespeople are well-known. Successful salespeople are well-known. Now, let's take it in steps. If you're well-known among your coworkers, that doesn't really count. If you're well-known among your customers, that counts. If you're well-known within your industry, that really counts. The big question is, How do you become well-known and why should you care? Because the more well-known you become, the more authentic you are perceived to be. Part of being authentic is about being honorable and being real. Regardless of what you do to build your reputation, if your actions are unethical or people perceive you as being insincere, your authenticity is going to suffer a little bit. Know what I mean? The best way to test your authenticity is go to Google.com. Enter your name and hit return. What happened? Nothing? Well, not much? A few things? Well, I use Google as a measuring stick for reputation and authenticity. So do your customers. So do your prospects. So do your industry leaders. Get your own website. Write a few articles. Make a speech. Get Googleable. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. It's good, really. (laughs) 
The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. Our special guest is Bob Leodice out of uh, New York uh, this weekend. Let me tell you, we've got some time here. I want to sure. talk a little bit about Bob so we yeah. spend more time talking with him because whoever wrote his short bio mm. uh, doesn't know the meaning of short. It's a little bit long, but that's okay. <laughs> Bob is uh, currently serving as president and chief executive officer of the Association for National Advertisers. That's ANA. Uh, first joined the organization in 95. He was previously the executive vice president responsible for member relations and business development with a primary focus on strengthening relationships with ANA member companies and broadening the uh, membership base. Prior to ANA, Bob was VP of Global Marketing and Sales for Grupo Televisa. It's a major worldwide broadcaster. You see, I don't even have time to finish his uh, bio here. But there's more. There is more. We'll have to bring it to you after the break here, okay? So Bob is next with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. We hope you stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Nobody can call George Whipple an old fuddy-duddy. This new sign is right up with the times. Maybe this will stop the ladies from squeezing charm and bathroom tissue. Before the uh, break, we were reading uh, Bob's bio, and we'll, we'll just throw in a few things as we come back here from break to break. On the advertising show is Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. Bob Leodice is the president and CEO of the Association of National Advertisers. We got Bob out of uh, New York this uh, this weekend. Hey, Bob, welcome to the advertising Thank show. Good to have much. you here. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, and by the way, our associate producer, Stephanie Saratelli, Ray, you don't know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob thinks, or he thought, that he was going to be doing a show with uh, Bob Garfield today. <laughs> And, oh. and so would you do me a favor and get pissed off occasionally just so that Bob can feel like he, like uh, Garfield's okay. hanging around Garfield here? Well, we'll start it right off. At home. Bob, you're a moron. <laughs> yeah. Okay? There you go. Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, he's going to have to settle for us whether he likes it. Now, for those that uh, may not be familiar, Bob, with the uh, ANA, explain for our audience the, the role of the organization, if you will. Sure. Uh, the, the organization really has uh, two core missions. The first is to focus in on on uh, help marketers to uh, manage their marketing better, uh, to help them make better decisions by being a convergence point for essentially the great insights and, and best practices that are taking place within the industry. And we are able to connect with our members and share that information with them. The second thing is to, is to essentially act as a, um, a central leadership point when there are issues that no one individual company can handle within the advertising industry. Uh, we take over and we get involved in a lot of legislative areas. Uh, we ne- help negotiate the commercial talent contract for Screen Actors uh, Guild, etc. So uh, we get involved in a, a lot of big picture strategic issues. Well, before uh, being hired as CEO, as Ray mentioned, uh, you were uh, in a, another position with the ANA. And now that you've been CEO for four years, I'm curious, has your vision changed from your predecessor uh, coming into the CEO role? Yeah, I, I think it really has. I think we've uh, started to realize um, that the ANA representing, you know, purely the advertisers. We don't uh, we don't represent the agencies or the media companies. Uh, we have a, an important role to play, uh, particularly as the the world is changing so rapidly. We have to be at the forefront of of what is taking place in this industry. Number one. And number two, we have to be able to better leverage um, the weight of the advertisers uh, to uh, to bring more coordination to the industry, to bring the industry together, uh, so that we can make these advances in a uh, in a sounder, more profound kind of way. 
And I, I think in terms of where we have evolved to is we're taking far more active leadership in bringing our members together and, and to help influence the, the industry uh, to a greater degree. Well, i got to tell you, I am a, a big fan of your organization. You get good press. You're always uh, – I don't know why they like taking your picture and putting it in the trade <laughs> publications, but uh, gosh, uh, you're always there to fill the space. And you do a great job, and your organization does a great job. Thank and for you. anyone that's not familiar with it, ANA.net will get you there, and you can learn all about it. You know, uh, Ray apparently didn't get far enough down into your uh, resume to mention. Did you mention Kraft General Foods back then? No, we didn't get that. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right after the uh, uh, Marine Corps and, uh, (laughs) yeah. Exactly. But you were with. Desert uh, Storm, look at this. That's true. Sometimes the industry feels like Desert Storm. Yeah, Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) They haven't seen that tank that you drive to work. But uh, 15 years at Kraft General Foods uh, before uh, coming to ANA, you've been quoted as saying that you were always stunned by how marketers sort of got away with it, and, and the, point, yeah. the point being that you thought that uh, marketing did not have the f- f- financial discipline that existed in other areas. How are marketing organizations improving on metrics for ROI today when it comes to evaluating marketing investments? Bob? Well, yeah, and uh, just a quick history on that. I, I did grow up in the, the financial side of the organization. I spent about seven years doing it, working with the marketers and recognizing that they really did not have the discipline at that stage many years ago um, to make the right decisions because they viewed it more from the creative side and less so from the scientific side of, of how to be able to get the most out of the money that they were investing. And in the Kraft Channel Foods organization, we were spending quite a bit of money. So it was always a, a hassle and frustration to try to exert a, a greater degree of discipline. Uh, I'd say about five years ago, it, uh, it something extraordinary started to happen. And I think it started with the notion that the CEOs began to make the connection to the, to the fact that um, marketers basically have the keys um, to the door of their greatest asset, which is the brand. And affecting the brand has the greatest opportunity to affect shareholder value. Uh, and there's, there's plenty of clinical uh, analysis to, to, to suggest that that relationship, in fact, does exist. So looking at that weighty challenge, the CEOs have been turning to the marketers more frequently and uh, more religiously to basically figure out ways to make those marketing investments go further and to better affect the, the, the brand equity that those particular companies had. So they basically said, hey, you have to, to look at your own brands and your own disciplines, and you've got to do a better job managing it, and you've got to prove to me that those marketing dollars that you're spending really aren't uh, an expense that they really are, an investment. Uh, and so the screws started to get turned, and they got turned and they got turned. And it got to the point where marketers could no longer look the other way. And as a result, um, they began to take harder looks at bringing in both the financial organization and I'll call, for lack of a better term, metric czars to to help manage the process by which marketers improve the level of accountability of their marketing investments. And that's sort of, I know it's a long-winded way of saying it, but that's sort of the short answer to how we got to where we are these days. Do you find that uh, CEOs are more involved today with uh, with marketing than in the past? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think that the, uh, the elevation of marketer to the C-suite in the, in the realm of a chief marketing officer, which is essentially a relatively new area, is recognition of that. Now, is it as tight as we'd like it to be? No. And uh, I think that 
that's um, exemplified by the fact that the average tenure of a CMO is only about 23 months or so, right. and it's, it's, not, uh, it's pretty shabby in the scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But it does also indicate that the pressure on the CMO is rather extreme and coming directly from the CEO. Uh, so I think that the relationship is there, but one of the things that the ANA found out a couple of years ago in some uh, study work done with Booz Allen is that the CEO agenda and the CMO's agenda were not necessarily appropriately aligned. And we think that that's what's starting to happen more and more these days is getting them both on the same page. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah it really does. And uh, I have found, and you tell me, Bob, that I would think that when a CMO sticks around past that 23-month average that it probably has more to do with a relationship with the CEO as opposed to just looking for somebody to whack and be responsible <laughs> for the marketing and the sales ultimately, don't you think? Well, well, I, I think that the relationship, if, you, if you're getting past that 23-month level, is a function that certain things are happening and pointing in the right direction. And I, I can point to some terrific CMOs like Jim Stengel of Procter & Gamble and, and Joe Tripodi of Allstate that are doing some uh, pretty good things at, at reinventing their brands uh, and changing some older, stodgy business units into uh, some sleek, savvy, uh, innovative uh, brands that are better connecting with their consumer bases and, in fact, elevating the overall performance. So I, th- I think that a lot of good things are happening in that kind of uh, relationship. Yeah, and you being uh, – you've got about a minute and a half left here. You being a, a financial guy, I'm curious who your take on uh, procurement officers. It's all been in the news lately, and a lot have been written about uh, – you know, uh, I don't know. There's a bit of uh, pushback in that area uh, with a lot of companies, and yet some are willing to go ahead and acquiesce and play that game. What's your thoughts on well, that? Well, the pushback has actually happened both internally and externally from, from agencies as well. Right. And the procurement area is one that uh, has a greater discipline in terms of how being, how to go about uh, purchasing media and evaluate um, the commodity, if you will, in terms of its overall performance. But the pushback internally is um, it, it's forcing people to make tougher decisions and to have uh, greater uh, knowledge of what's taking place inside the company with respect to the heavy-duty investments that are made. Procurement people have a wonderful ability to provide the structural discipline for helping marketers to think through how that money is spent and, and, and how effectively it's spent. So uh, it's not something that the marketers take very easily because they're used to inv- uh, being involved in a, in a relatively looser discipline. But with the CEO's pressure coming about, uh, the procurement role is gaining greater and greater um, enjoyability, if you will, inside the, inside the company. Our uh, special guest today on the advertising show is President and Chief Executive Officer of the Association of National Advertisers, Bob Leo Deese, uh, as you heard, 15 years marketing and financial at Kraft, and uh, much more as well. We've got Bob for another uh, couple of segments here on the advertising show. Hey, by the way, the advertising show website is uh, powered by a company called Shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And a really great marketing tool that's part of that uh, part is uh, called Tendency. Check it out at Shipple.com. Back in just a minute. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. Drive your Chevrolet through the USA. 
America's the greatest Classic spot. Yeah, do you like Dinah Shore? That's good stuff, yeah, huh? Yeah, terrific. She's uh, obviously not around anymore, yeah. uh, but uh, she was also a, a relatively good golfer. By That's the way. true. Dinah Shore Classic. Oh, yeah. I actually yeah. saw her play uh, here in the Houston market uh, ah. one time. It's kind of cool to see. Uh, big celebrity tournament they had here. Bob Adis, our special guest out of New York, uh, is president and chief executive officer of the Association of National Advertisers. ANA.net, you said. Is that right? Mm-hmm. ANA.net, Brad. Mm-hmm. And we talked about uh, the, the craft background, but Bob has no life, basically, outside of this, <laughs> right. because he is on the board of directors of the Advertising Council, the Advertising Research Foundation, the National Advertising Review Council, the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. Yeah, he sounds like a, a board of directors, kind of a clear channel. Right. You know what I mean? Right. He's a little bit everything. And the Advertising Educational Foundation. So, Bob, welcome back to the Advertising Thank you. Show. Glad to be here. This is terrific. Yeah. You know, the great part about interviewing somebody like Bob is you get to talk uh, about some things of personal interest. And here's one of them that we're going to talk a little bit about here. This past, Does uh, he know about this? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. But, you know, Bob, he can talk about anything. This past May, a announced it was going into uh, to go to work with its membership to develop an online media exchange right. to buy and sell advertising, which I thought was interesting. First of all, what's the status on this, Bob? Sure. It's really still in its infancy, and we really can't uh, lose sight of that fact. Uh, What I love about this is that this is an innovative concept um, to basically uh, bring the industry together to leverage what technology has been doing all over the place, and that's make the advertising process far more efficient than it currently exists. Um, this is a the wonderful work of of a group of advertisers and now agencies that have come together uh, essentially around this discipline, which if you think about it in its pure concept is almost the equivalent of the NASDAQ stock exchange, where in fact there are some buyers and sellers that uh, exchange media inventory on an electronic basis. Now the group on its own has gotten together and has, is starting to work with eBay to help create an overall test plot that hopefully will uh, emerge in the March quarter to begin the process of this electronic buy and sell. And there are other examples that are existing on a very small scale. But the uh, uh, the focus is, is eventually to create something which is scalable, which will, oh, expand over the course of time. Um, where it is right now is that we're still working on uh, identifying an appropriate working structure that will allow this group to um, organize itself and make the appropriate decisions to effectuate the test and then expand it over the longer term. Um, the ANA and the 4As are working in conjunction. Right now, almost acting as, uh, I'll call it, advisors. We're not fully into the group totally at this point in time. We've got some structural things that we're working out. The group is making progress and targeting, as I said, for this March quarter test. And this is the uh, so-called eBiz for Business initiative? Uh, no, eBiz for Business is essentially a 4As project, okay. which um, is uh, essentially to bring uh, digitization to the backroom offices of the agencies and connect with the media companies in the uh, exchange of information to make sure that it is electronically done and get out of the paper mess that they've had before. I got you. Well, and there's certainly a need for that. And and I guess, you know, with the different... Initiatives out there, uh, yours, your, your joint effort with the uh, four A's. They, we have, uh, we've heard, you know, Google buying DMARC right. and all that stuff, right. and some other things out there. I guess there's going to be a need eventually for some kind of unification of how all this is going to be done, since we have so many players out there, don't you think? Well, y- you do, and uh, you know, there is a greater degree of. Um uh, commonality that's necessary uh, as you know when you look at all the various media that are out there uh, the business system uh, the overall I'll call it marketing supply chain 
is, is it been a bit disjointed and not necessarily as uniform as we like it to be. And so what we've been trying to do is through the eBiz initiative, um, through the introduction of Ad ID, which is essentially a universal coding or UPC system mm-hmm. that attaches to advertising assets, and more digital technology that we're trying to bring, uh, for example, the online media exchange, what we're trying to do is to streamline this marketing supply chain on an end-to-end basis that will provide simplification, improve productivity, uh, reduce the amount of, of labor and work time that takes place within this whole business system, and really streamline it and bring it up to speed where a lot of other industries are. You know, if there was ever an opportunity to uh, leverage the uh, Internet to be able to get rid of such such huge amounts of labor, I think uh, you guys are onto something there. And uh, certainly maintaining uh, uh, integrity as well as for the media companies, because when I hear about, uh, for example, eBay working on their auction-based uh, TV media system with major advertisers as well as the ANA. What, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about uh, whether media companies are really willing to go that auction based just based on uh, rate integrity and some other issues. What are your well, thoughts about I, I think that there is, uh, there's clear resistance right at, at the very beginning of this thing. Uh, but what, what's most interesting to see, at least uh, from the uh, the people that we talk to um, on our on the client side and on the agency side is once you start to rationalize your way through, you realize that there are going to be far more benefits that will pop sure. out of the system than cost. Right. Nothing is perfect. Right. We, we clearly understand that. But we know, for example, that our, uh, several um, cable channels are becoming interested uh, in this online media exchange, and mm-hmm. there will be greater uh, receptivity as one realizes that there's really very little threat to uh, what takes place out of uh, the buy and sale. And, and the, the, the uh, equivalizing factor out of all of this is, is supply and demand. Yeah. If you have a good product, people are going to pay for it no matter what you think is, of the system is. Yeah, you but know, what you've um, got effect is, is greater efficiency and productivity. No doubt. And next segment, I want to ask you your take on Google's attempt to get into the traditional advertising category. Sure. And we'll say it's Roberto... Leo Dice. 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 Okay. Yeah. Sorry DJ. about that. That's okay. Sorry about that, Bob. That Roberto. Uh, Roberto. <laughs> Romundo. <laughs> and it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Bob Leo Dice, our special guest out of New York, the National Associate, or the Association of National Advertisers. Back in just a minute with more. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Good morning. Are you not my daisies? Right, Mother Nature. They're Chiffon's new daisy servers. Taste. Well, we got the real thing here. ANA.net is the uh, website of the Association of National Advertisers, and our special guest out of New York this weekend is Bob Leo Deese. Bob, uh, these segments go flying by so quickly. Thanks for being here. We're sure enjoying uh, what you've got to say. Same here. I'm enjoying it as well. Yeah. Uh, big announcement. First of this year, Google acquired uh, DMARC uh, in an attempt to get into the radio business, paid over uh, $100 million for that uh, acquisition, and yet uh, they've been struggling of late a bit, wanting to get into uh, traditional advertising, and uh, they are a great company, no doubt. But uh, what's your thoughts on their attempts to do this, and do you think they'll eventually succeed? 
Well, uh, first of all, give Google a lot of credit overall. I mean, they have uh, just changed the face of uh, the Internet advertising industry, and uh, it makes all the sense in the world for them to try on new things. And uh, like any particular company, um, you have to be able to, from time to time, go outside of your comfort zone and uh, see if, in fact, um, there are new and different business opportunities that are out there. So from that standpoint, I applaud Google for trying on different things. And whether they succeed or not is all going to be a function of how they um, survive being in a traditional world from the non-traditional world that uh, they essentially created in a, to a large degree. Yeah. Um, how far they go, it's really going to be tough to tell because um, whether their model of doing business can be applied uh, to the more traditional segments of radio, print, and television, and wherever else they choose to go, uh, that's a really tough one to call. But you know what? Um, You've got to put a little bit of money on them because everything they've seemed to have touched uh, in the past couple of years has turned to gold. Yeah, no doubt. And you've got Microsoft getting into, uh, with their ad center, getting into a, right. a, an advertising vehicle there, and eBay we already mentioned. So it's, uh, yeah. it's interesting. We'll sit on the sidelines and watch all this roll out over the next <laughs> few years. You know, uh, earlier this uh, summer at uh, this year's ProMax conference in New York City, you participated on a Marketing 360 panel. Right. I'm not telling you something you don't already know. I'm telling the audience, I yeah, suppose. But the uh, you were ta- discussing the impact of the millennial uh, generation, that being the 9 through 28-year-olds. Uh, I'm curious, can you just hit on the highlights of this, Bob, uh, the discussion? Well, um, the, the real focus is that um, uh, viewing, I should say, advertising habits uh, of this group are changing and changing dramatically. Uh, what we used to think about, um, uh, I'll say, grooming a consumer for all particular marketers is taken on a different light as uh, different media have emerged over the course of time. And marketers have had to become increasingly savvy that once was the old rules of how to be able to cultivate uh, an audience have dramatically changed as media viewing habits have also dramatically changed, whether uh, the younger consumers are moving into the video game space or the internet space or the emerging media space, and particularly in the mobile technology uh, arenas. Um, how a a consumer, a young consumer, is evolving is um, one that requires a lot of research and a different media plan than what used to exist before. So the the old rules are off, and the new rules have to come flying on, and that requires a whole different scheme of research and understanding than has ever taken uh, the marketing industry before by storm. And so we're learning a heck of a lot as we're going through this. Yeah, let's shift gears for a second. You know, you, the four. Management Summit this past April, uh, Chairman and your friend Ron Berger uh, <laughs> apparently made some comments that got some people's attention. Uh, sure. In particular, he mentioned that clients uh, should go to a one-stop shop when it comes to ad agencies, which I thought was kind of peculiar that he would say that in uh, 2006. Not the concept idea is not, uh, you know, uh, I guess valid. It's just where could you go to get it all in one shop? I know you disagree with what uh, Ron had to say, Bob. Explain your thoughts. Yeah, um, and uh, I've had subsequently had conversations with Ron about the uh, the area that he's poking at. Uh, I think in the end we are not too far apart. And my conversation with Ron was uh, sort of fleshed out the fact that 
he believes that in order to be able to manage the strategy of a brand, that you basically need to consolidate around a couple of core thoughts and core premises. In that regard, um, brand strategy needs to be thought about uh, on a more consolidated basis, which I, I tend to agree with. You can't have strategy managed in uh, five or six or seven locations. Uh, it's, you have to have a core brand steward. Uh, in that regard, I think he was trying to say that that has to be managed more centrally, call it by a lead agency as opposed to multiple agencies. And I think it had less to do with the actual deployment of the media. Um, and so I think he may have been mistaken or misquoted or uh, mispositioned as, as a result of his particular comments. And the more we talked about it, the more we realized that uh, there's, there's a lot of commonality in our views. Yeah, and, uh, you know, who can argue with that uh, rationale? And I, I used to live in that perfect world that uh, Ron described. I just haven't found it lately, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, what do we have, a half minute left here, right? You live in a more perfect world. <laughs> yeah, right, in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, we, are, we are actually out of oh, time Oh, well, here. my goodness. It always uh, happens with a great guest. All we can say is, Bob, come back sometime, huh? I'd be delighted. Very good. Bob Lee Hadis is uh, president and CEO of the Association of National Advertisers. It's been very enlightening, Brad, and we uh, appreciate you dropping by today, Bob. ANA.net is the website, and there is more of the advertising show coming up in just a minute. Thank you, Jim. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hello, amigo. Banana and, and yes, she is, and we are Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Bob Leodis was a great guest, and I'm glad that we had a chance to uh, chat with him out of New York. Pat Fallon, who is chairman of Wor uh, Fallon Worldwide, which if you haven't heard of Fallon Worldwide, well... You're not in this business. It's a problem. Yeah. Uh, author of Juicing the Orange, How to uh, Turn Up, uh, How to Actually Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage. And uh, Pat, being a creative, as you said, out of Fallon, uh, will be... Uh, his background, I should say, coming from that background, is uh, ought to be a good read for you and a good show next week here at the advertising show, uh, dot com. So we hope you get a chance to uh, to join us there. You know, I've never seen a word mispronounced, uh, seen, heard, I should say, yeah. a word mispronounced so much as when this Lebanese-Israeli uh, deal came about. Well, Hezbollah, last or well, you have Hezbollah, his, you have Hezbollah. Hezbollah. You yeah. have Hezbollah. You have Hezbollah. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like when uh, Al-Qaeda started. We had Al-Qaeda and then the, what George W. would do, Al-Qaeda. Al I'm yeah. going to get those guys. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've really heard a lot of – I mean, I hear the mispronunciation by the same news guy uh, going back and forth between two different pronunciations within the same news item. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's yeah. weird. And I, I wish we didn't have to say any of those well, things. Well, that's true. God, that's what a true. mess over there. It those is poor a mess. people. Uh, but, yeah, so which, you, which would you prefer? I think or the potato? one I'm hearing most is Hezbollah. 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 Like Hezbollah. Okay, yeah. good. No. But, of course, you know what you need to do? What? Call one of those guys that are part of that organization. Get a Could clarification. Well, there's a PR problem right off the That's bat. Right. Okay, you, you should have you should have it in phonetics right. so that it's spelled and said right. I think Dan Rather could go back there. He could be funded by uh, the guy up there in Dallas uh, that he now works for, HDTV. 
Oh, that, oh, the, that the, the Dallas Mavericks uh, owner. What's his name? Of course, we know. No, we don't. Yeah, sure we do. Yeah, whatever. Well, whatever his name. I don't is. like saying his name. He gets too much publicity as it is. Then that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, here's a good. Uh, we got just a couple of moments before Patrick Meyer. Uh, we bring him on. He's talking about ban the terms. So we'll find out what that means in just a moment. This is something that we both enjoy. Beer may have some life left yet. Hmm. They say this is out of Chicago out of bad age. It says, uh, last summer, uh, as sales tanked, many of the frothy beverages' obituaries were sourced to a poll conducted by uh, the Gallup, and they found that beer was no longer the beverage of choice for most Americans who more frequently drank wine, 39%, than hmm. beer, 36 That's pretty close, though. Uh, they said that... Uh, uh, consumers this year said beer is the beverage they drink most, but brewers are waiting to see if the sales figures uh, reflect that. Wow. Uh, they're, so they're kind of holding back there. Yeah, 10 years ago, that probably if it was a bigger bigger uh, distance between those two categories, I would imagine. Well, it seems to be uh, very close uh, as well. I mean, they, they beat wine 41 to 33 this year. Liquor climbed from 23 up to, to up from yeah. 223 from 21. So yeah. Well, the young not? kids now are they're drinking the hard stuff. Something like that. Yeah. Because they read about in magazines that they don't read. It's easier to keep in your hip pocket than carrying a keg around. A flask. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> let's, bring on, uh, let's bring on Patrick Murray on the advertising show. It's called The Marketing Insider. It's a feature we do every week here. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's The Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Friends, today I'm going to talk to you about something that could be absolute heresy. Banning the term agency ad agency, any agency. I recently spent time with a bunch of chief marketing officers and senior marketers. And we were talking about where is it going? What are their needs? What are their resources? What's working? What's not working? Here are five things that are coming through loud and clear. Number one, what we need are ideas. Give us big, powerful ideas that can drive our business. That's the number one piece that we expect from our partners. Number two, give us teamed expertise. We don't want to coordinate eight agencies with 20 people in each. What we need is the right team coming in for the right initiative. Four to six people with the right expertise as a SWAT team, building ideas that can drive our business forward. Number three, give us speed and efficiency. It's all about ready, fire, aim. So give us the speed, the right team working on an initiative and getting it done within four weeks or less. Number four, give us efficient executional resources. What we need is a seamless link from that core team of four to six that move it quickly to another SWAT team that can go vertical. Number five, deliver results. Be accountable to the objectives that we're focused on. Focus on driving our business. Ideas that will get it done and help us measure those ideas for their performance and their results. So my friends, that may seem pretty straightforward, but it's quite different than what Madison Avenue and the mega agencies have got in mind. The clients are looking for big ideas, speed, expertise, SWAT teams, and connection to executional resources that can get it done. So you need to ask yourself, are you ready for the new model and are you helping to drive it forward? You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. It's the Advertising Show, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth, and uh, thanks, Patrick. We'll get you back next week and uh, hear a little bit more. Next week ought to be a great show. It's Pat Fallon, who is uh, chairman of Fallon Worldwide and author of Juicing the Orange, How to Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage. What a concept, huh? Yeah, and by the way, if you like any of BMW's uh, advertising yeah. and for the past, what, 10, 15 years, that's, that's the agency. That's Until created. they chose not to uh, well, they uh, did for the business as well. Yeah, they did an agency review, and old Pat said, I don't think so. I'm out of 
here. Yeah, have a nice day. So anyway. I think that was a ballsy move on I his part. Uh, some people would say it was a stupid move. Well, but, uh, say it was a pride issue, I think. Yeah. At that point. You would think that, yeah. Because they, their agency had done a great job for BMW over there. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking Mini Cooper up until recently as well, mm. right? Well, actually, uh, Mini Cooper was. Uh, Wasn't the, that Fallon? Well, no, was. no. They separated that out, and that, that's the agency out of Miami, Bogusky. The, oh, Bogusky did uh, that? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. They did yeah, that. I forgot about yeah. that. Okay. Speaking of cars, Hyundai is doing a Hispanic campaign. Are they still a car? If it's if if Hyundai does a Hispanic campaign, is the H silent? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Hyundai, Hyundai. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, think about that. That's true. What do you got? We got about a minute here. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know this. But, well, and they're gonna have to wait till next well, week. That's fine. That's good. Well, it's this thing on Vietnam. It's these Vietnamese students that are that are uh, cheating. It's out of Hanoi, which I'll talk about next so week. you're teasing it next week a whole week wow yeah this is like you could probably go to hanoi and get this hard yes, yes this is an historic moment a tease for next week on the advertising never show, before yeah and uh, it'll be done again that's fine we have uh, more to come uh, next week and we hope you'll join us now the advertising show.com is the site we want you to uh, target obviously you're there right now but tell your friends about it as well with the podcasting and the rss feeds it's pretty super cool and next week uh, for pat fallon uh, the book is called juicing the orange how to turn creativity into powerful business advantage and we'll probably hear some more uh, answers to some questions uh, that uh, you might have as well so thanks for listening advertising show being brought to you by advertising age magazine with ray shillings and brad forsyth you can visit them online at adage.com this is a big radio midgets production